On Second Shot, we cover two new stories every week to find out what kind of wisdom the world is dishing out today. And at the heart of every one of these stories are people, just like you and me, who've had to overcome incredible odds, to face the greatest challenges, to struggle and fight back. But now, we're changing it up. In these episodes, we're skipping the headlines and going straight to the people that inspire us to grow, to be bold, seek change, and act courageously when the rest of the world may not. A second look, a second chance, a second shot. This is Second Shot Sit-Downs with your host, Jenny Anchando. Okay, we are bringing it with the inspiration today. Hey everybody, it's Jenny Anchando here and we are doing another Second Shot Sit-Down. Again, the idea behind these is we want to find people from all different backgrounds, all different walks of life, who have, who have maybe taken a second shot, been given a second shot and made the most of it. And for me, this just brings me inspiration thinking, okay, you know, no matter what happens, there will be another go around for me and for you, for, for everybody else who's listening. So today we're talking, it's kind of about real estate, but this is also really a life story. So I'll tell you a little bit about our guest first. Noelle Randall is a mother of five, actually a couple bonus kids, so mother of seven. She was recently named one of the top leading women in real estate, top 50 entrepreneurs to watch in 2021. And she is the author of real estate millionaire secrets. But we're gonna rewind that story and, and talk about what happened before that when she was bankrupt. So with that, we welcome in Noelle. Good to see you, Noelle. Thank you, so good to have you, Jenny. So glad you have me, Jenny. Yes, so let's, like I said, you know, we, we kind of give those big accolades at the, at the beginning, like, okay, yeah. Look, she's made it. I don't know what made it is really. It's right, me either. In the eye of the beholder, but, um, you've been able to provide for your family and provide for gosh so many other people who work with you and work alongside you and, and have been mentored by you but let's rewind to that moment when you're kind of doing the mom's basement kind of thing yeah yeah so like i said i'm successful in real estate now you know books and podcasts and millions of properties and, and you know not millions of properties sorry millions of dollars in real mm -hmm. estate and all of these great accolades but my story started terribly, you know, and this, and I tell my story so that people can relate. I started investing in real estate in 2002, 2003 with a full-time job. You know, I'm working full-time, I'm flipping houses on the side, I'm in my early 20s living, you know, my life thinking I really got this real estate thing. Well, when 2008 hit, 2009, me and my husband, we lost our jobs, we lost our real estate, you know, everything just fell apart. But it was really because I had no idea what I was doing. Like I said, I was flipping houses with a job. So it hit all of my mistakes and when the market crashed everything came to light and we lost everything and ended up back in my parents basement in bloomfield connecticut i literally had to move back into my parents basement with two kids pregnant with my third kid i was a college dropout you know all these letters people see behind my name i didn't have any of that okay this is 2009 i had nothing i did not even finish my first college degree until i was 30, almost 30. so just a, a, a disaster and in my parents basement humiliated embarrassed I had bad credit I had multiple foreclosures it, it was just a terrible time but it was in that parent in my parents basement that I realized okay I do not want to lose that real estate I had made some money I had done some things how what happened you know like uh -huh. what happened to me how did this happen to me 
And so I, that's when I, I really tried to change my life. I, I just started going to real estate investor association meetings and, you know, just started going on the internet and actually trying to learn real estate instead of just doing it. And that's when I learned a concept called wholesaling, where you find people that are behind on their mortgage payments or in bankruptcy or foreclosure, you know, someone having distress. And you say, you know, I'm tied to a, a cash network and you start flipping those contracts to investors. Now, my coach taught me you can charge five thousand, ten thousand dollars. You're really helping them avoid foreclosure and investors are looking for real estate. Man, Jenny, this changed my life. Like, seriously, so like just found even learning you. that <laughs> like you found yes. you in 2008. Correct. I found me. I started reaching out to people that were behind on their mortgage mm -hmm. payments and explaining to them, like, look, here's what happened. You don't want to end up in your parents' basement. I have these investors that can help you and, and they'll buy the property from under you. And that's what we did. And it was like amazing because I learned about real estate, but I learned how to help people and help myself. Like that was like you said, it was old me. Yeah. And so I, I really started bringing value. Was there any part of you that said, uh-uh-uh with real estate, I've been <laughs> burned by this before? Because I think there's, I mean, listen, back then, like two, th every single friend of mine, we called it Schedule 08, which meant that right. nobody worked anymore because everybody, right. we went to our little community center pool until yeah. everybody lost their homes. I mean, it was... Yep. It was exactly. bad. And, and I remember <laughs> everybody worked in the real estate industry. And I look now, yeah. you know, here we are all these years, like what, 10, yeah. 11, 12 years later, yeah, however many years later. 10, yeah, later. Yeah. And um, not a lot of them still work in that industry. But, so you, true. but you do. Was there any part of you that said, uh, that was bad and I'm just going to kind of like go back to the nine to five thing and yes. try to get insurance. So here, that was my problem though. And so yes, yes, that was me. And that's that's honestly why I wasn't a millionaire sooner. Uh -huh. So I learned this wholesaling thing, like I'm saying. And then when I finished school, cause I, like I said, I was just in my parents' basement. They made me go to school. So as soon as I finished college, <laughs> I just went back and got a job. And I just did wholesaling on the side because I was so afraid of real estate. I was so afraid to do it full time. And here's the funny part, Jenny, because this is the crazy thing. I'm literally making five, ten thousand dollars on the side, making fifty, sixty thousand extra dollars doing this on the side, and never had the courage to just quit my job and do it full time like I do now. And so that was actually one of my bigger mistakes. Just because you lose that something doesn't mean you should then be afraid of it. It's it's I think it's just kind of like the, you know, burn me once, it's just shame yeah. on me, you know? Yeah, and but and here's so the thing, 89% of all millionaires were created. So through real estate and people just kept telling me that there was this money to be made. So I knew it had to be me. Uh -huh. <laughs> yes. Me. I was doing it wrong. And you had seen, so what did you change? You went to the, you went to this wholesale situation and in doing so, did that make it so all of the risk wasn't on you or was it still? Yes, it, no, so basically what changed for me, one was seeing those people that had not lost everything. You know, I'm going into it with bankruptcies and bad credit. I'm thinking real estate is terrible. And here I am at this investor meeting and these real estate investors still have all their properties. They're getting more properties, you know, they're thriving. So it was even just seeing that someone else was successful and I was a loser that, that made me say like, okay, wait, this is me. <laughs> this isn't just the industry. And then learning it the right way. They were like, okay, you need to start here. You were doing the wrong thing. You were trying to, you know, I was watching too much TV. Right. <laughs> I've been watching too much HGTV. So that was really what it was. And it was just like seeing their success and them telling me the real way to do it. It's like not all that TV stuff. 
what what is the what is the real way of doing it because that's the world that i know too hgtv yeah. you go and you flip you wear like some cute yoga pants and you hammer right. one thing and then yeah. voila <laughs> yeah right right and here's the funny part with hgtv and i don't know again i still watch it still love it you know the whole nine but they never tell you how they got the house they and don't. that was the key like finding people instead of focusing on the flip you know and the granite countertops and stainless steel appliances i needed to focus on helping people that were behind on their mortgage payments financial distress they got sick they're in bankruptcy they're in foreclosure like that was the problem i, I was focusing on the real estate and really real estate investing is about the people mm -hmm. let's talk about mm -hmm. how you got out of debt so you went yeah. to school started working regular job doing real estate yep. on the side and then it was just like adding up little wins or how'd you pay all that essentially back? so deal compounding so again now I'm, I'm i'm connected to these people that have rental properties so they actually are telling me how i should be getting my rental properties and they're like okay you just because you don't have to fix and flip everything that was another thing i thought that was where all the money was was in fixing and flipping i didn't realize there were all of these other things in real estate that i could do and so starting with the wholesaling you know just flipping the contracts taking a smaller money and then getting back into fixing flipping now that i knew what to do now that i knew how to get properties at a discount now that I knew how to find somebody that's you know four or five months behind on their their property and they'll give that property to me for just the amount that they're behind now I can actually make money when I flip the property now if I want to turn that into a rental property it's very profitable so it really was just me not understanding the business properly so you learned it you started making money when you, when did you finally jump off the cliff and leave the full-time job with the you know like that little safety yeah net. yeah that was hard and it's, it's funny because it wasn't i should say it was hard and it took me a long time i really didn't officially quit working fully like no job no one until 2017. now what was like that I other said, job by the way so by then I had um, was a VP at, uh, a, you know, I had worked in Bank of America, Wells Fargo, Movement Mortgage. Movement Mortgage actually was like the last real job that I had. And it was a mortgage manager because like I said, I went back to what I was doing before I even went bankrupt. So when I went into my parents' basement and when I left my parents' basement, I went back to the same industry, mortgages, working okay. at banks. I just went back to what I knew. And so I'm working again, again, and again, I don't even want people to follow this because it was so dumb of me to not <laughs> to be able to make this money on the side and not go for it. I, I swear that's like one, I could have been a million, I, I swear I would have been a millionaire 10 years ago instead of five years ago. Like if I was just quit my job and did this full time once I learned how to make some money in it. Because once I'm able to give my job you know, I'm sorry, my business, my time, my energy, you know, my effort, instead of going and giving it to a job and then doing this thing on the side, I could grow my real estate a lot faster. So I quit in 2017, never looked back. Like I said, when I quit working, I was making six figures. The last job I made, I was making $225,000 a year. But here's the fun part, Jenny. When I quit the next year on my own, I made over 400000 but I can see oh how own. when you've gone from bankrupt and little yeah. education, I can see how it would be hard to step away from that because you're seeing the other sort of gain, gain, gain. Now, how many kids did you have at the time and how were you like working? I'm guessing it was like a 40 hour a week job or so yes. and then working the side yeah. project and the kids. Yes. Yeah. So I did. I had to do all of these things. Plate extremely full, you know, like superhero level. Like the buffet um, plate. 
<laughs> yeah, like the Everything. buffet on plate. Like, so the, the luckily thing is I had three kids for most of the time. The twins, I have five kids now, but they're twins. So that's another th- reason why I got from three kids to oh five my gosh, kids. That's I another podcast. That are three years old. That's a whole other podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it was mostly the three kids, but I was that mom, you know, always pick, picking my kids up late for daycare and, you know, uh, mm-hmm. just trying to do it all and not realizing and not having the confidence in myself that I could work full time on my own thing. Mm-hmm. That to me, and, and I think that's what falling down sometimes does. It makes us a little bit overly cautious. You know, we feel like this is our only second chance and there's lessons learned. You're not the same person before you went into the person's basement. And once you decide that that's not gonna happen to you again, and you're really gonna work on yourself, you can really change your life. I know I did. Yeah, yeah, betting on yourself as opposed to betting on on everybody else. I I know that tendency all too well. So you recently raised more than $1.4 million for your company. How'd how'd you do it? (laughs) (laughs) So this was an awesome concept that I didn't know much about crowdfunding. So, um, you know, in my journey of entrepreneurship, I had tried to be on Shark Tank actually three times, the show Shark Tank. Yeah. And the first time I got the furthest and the other times I'd never even got to to where they were going to put me on the show. And was it all with the same business or... Was it different pitches? I tried different business. I was trying different pitches. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they weren't into real estate, which I knew. So I was trying to think of businesses and do little side businesses that I thought it was an absolute. I don't even like bringing it up because I was stupid. I did not need a shark. I needed again, Noel. So <laughs> long story short, um, the raising of the $1.4 million. So it was a crowdfund. I was once I quit my job, I started teaching real estate investing. I started like doing little classes, meeting, you know, groups at Olive Garden and in the back and just kind of teaching people what I knew and getting them to get their rental properties too, because I felt like there was just such a, a market and enough people weren't doing real estate, especially I'm going to these real estate investor meetings. I promise you, everyone looked the same. There weren't really many people that were women. There weren't many people of color, just being really honest with yeah. you. So I really wanted to bring more people in. And so the crowdfund came out of that idea. So I'm teaching people and some people can't do it they're like I work I work third shift I have 10 kids you know they just did not have time to learn real estate investing at all so I created this fund where people could put in as little as $500 and we would get the properties and just split the profits with them this will give them opportunity to invest in real estate this gives them the opportunity to learn what we're doing so people can start learning this and seeing that this is not just for rich people with all the money you really can be bad credit poor you really can put in just a little bit of money and this can pay for you Um, you know and really work out for you. So that that was where the crowdfund came in and just putting it out on social media as little as $500. Think about that. We have we, we raised over 100 over a million dollars and the minimum was 500. So there's a lot of investors. No <laughs> kidding. And so what's the yeah. risk for the people who you say somebody this is their last $500? Yeah. You know, we, we, I keep feeling like we're on the edge of like, what is happening with real estate? It was, I'm the, I'm the like sort of, you know, steady Eddie and my husband is like, we'll bet everything we own on something he learned yeah. about yesterday. And so, right. uh, <laughs> you know, we've got some balance in the relationship, but I keep saying, I don't know what's going to happen with real estate right now. So w- what do you have to say for your perspective and for the people who are like, hey, okay, I'm going to put my last, you know, my last bit of money here in with Noel. Yeah. 
So I really do, would, of course, not recommend you put your last money as an investment. <laughs> Obviously, this is an investment, you know, and that's one of the, the you get all these disclaimers anyway. But real estate, the way that we do it is a little bit different. So like I said, I started off wholesaling, then fixing and flipping, then rental properties. And rental properties is really how I quit that six-figure job. Like I got enough rental properties, mm -hmm. replaced my income, and was like, okay, I can quit. Like I said, I had to play it super safe. And so... Once I had the rental properties empty, unfurnished, I realized actually furnishing them and putting them on Airbnb, we make three times what we make on an empty, unfurnished property. So, and now we've even figured out where we have corporate apartments, like luxury apartment complexes. Actually, I'm in one now. We have this in our, as our studio where they rent us 10, you know, five, 10, 15 apartment buildings. I mean, apartment units, we furnish them, put them on Airbnb, and they start cash flowing immediately. So because I'm now big enough to do that, it's very profitable, and that's what we do, and that's the money that we split with our investors. So we don't have, you know, just fix and flip or just wholesaling or just rental properties. We have a portfolio of unfurnished, vacant rental properties. We have the furnished Airbnbs, and then we do do the other stuff, you know, as opportunities come to us. So we've diversified our real estate in numerous ways so that we don't have all of our eggs in one basket. So I really tried to try to make it as safe as possible for anyone that invests because I also want them to, to, to not be afraid of this. Yeah. So I didn't want to do anything too risky. <laughs> it's like a it's like a four hundred one k plan with houses, like you're yeah. putting, you know what I mean. Like which and, index and, yes. fund are you using? Yeah, it's better than than that because here's the thing. So as an investor, they get to come and stay at our properties. So we have properties in Miami, Orlando, near Disney World, Atlanta. You get what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. they 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 have this investment, but then they can also stay in them and vacation in them. So, you know, they do get. Even just that is so, amazing for people. A question for you about about creating this company. When, when you, I know that you ended up going back to school sort of later in life. Um, I don't yeah. know what we call later in life, but you know, right. you weren't Late 21. 20s. <laughs> right, I was not. And I was the oldest one on the kids. And I was pregnant. Oh, okay, gosh. Jenny? So Noelle. you're like a pregnant 28-year-old, 29-year-old walking around <laughs> on campus. It's not cool. <laughs> But you made it happen. You did this, yes. and I'm wondering how, um, if you were ever nervous, like, okay, sure, I've got, I've got this figured out for myself. I've got my rental properties. I'm making some money. Things are happening. I'm teaching my classes. Were you nervous about then losing it all again by taking that ne next big step and really like that opening is, up a business? Jenny, I love this question. No, because that would freak I me out. I love this question. <laughs> no. And this is, okay, so I gotta be real with you. This is gonna get super vulnerable. I've invested in coaches, you know, and that was one of the things that they had me do is do my inner work because, because I had all of those fears and, you know, anxiety about quitting. That was what journaling and affirmations and meditating, just inner work, nothing to do with business, but really just doing my inner work so that I could be like, I am strong, I am bold, I am worthy. You know, and I wake up, you know, years later and I still tell myself that. So not saying that I was came out the womb big bad entrepreneur uh, but now I, I really am, am am really confident in what I do I have been winning for a while and I'm not afraid of losing I'm not I just I, I feel like I've had enough wins where I'm like I got this and it, it's just inner work it really is it's not that I'm special I'm some superhero I really had to reprogram myself and talk myself into being stronger and I, I can do this. This is going to work out for me. Oh, I love, I can hear the confidence in your voice, Noelle. And sometimes people will say that and you know that they're still really working on believing it. Um, yeah. But I can tell that you believe it. What's your oh, yeah. morning routine? I like, I'm going all over the place because these curious questions just come up. What's your morning routine like? It. What do you, how do you prep for the day? 
So start in the morning, every morning, I wake up between 4.30 and 5 a.m., no alarm clock, okay? This is really from when I was working. I just kind of kept that same schedule, like still wake up early in the morning because like I said, I was a person that transitioned from working to mm -hmm. entrepreneur. So I had to work on my business before I went to my job job. So once I quit my job job, then I just started working on my business the same way. So I wake up in the morning, no television, no phone, no screens, no laptop, none of that. First thing I do, gratitude wake up in the morning I'm saying all of the things that I'm thankful for I'm appreciative for like before you know like just happy getting myself in that that happy happy mode like I love my kids I love my parents my, I mean th thankful for everything I even say like I'm, I'm thankful that my parents are still alive like you you take yeah. it down to I'm, I'm comfortable with the pillow I'm with you sheet, you and I you do know, that, I'm just that like, both oh. in the morning yeah yes <laughs> sometimes you know, it's small then, yeah. yes just those small things uh, then I, of course, journal. I do my affirmations. I do. I'm silly. I say them in the mirror. I look at myself in the mirror and I say my affirmations. I do my journaling. I do my meditation. I have a light breakfast, you know, coffee, yogurt, you know, just a small breakfast. And, and then I start my day. So I'm up probably at least an hour and a half to two hours every single morning before I ever speak a word to anyone. And do you, and that what time, how are the kids... Me. It, how, where are the kids in the mix? Live in nanny. Live in nanny. <laughs> I love a nanny. <laughs> so she, so she's kind of maybe lie. getting their routine started, like Correct. getting well, some they're, breakfast. Actually, they're not or, even awake. My the twins, the twins don't wake up until you know seven a.m. or yeah. whatever. But my older kids have to go to school and things like that. You know, they they're taking to school. I I just focus on me, and, and even when. I had to take my kids to school. I just got up again earlier. Just get up earlier in the morning so that you can have time to yourself. That was for me more than wholesaling and all these tangible things that I'm telling you about. It was that inner work, like having that time to myself to say positive things to myself, to 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 write my affirmations, to plan my day, to write down things that I had accomplished that I was proud of. You know, um, one of my good friends, his name is John Lee Dumas. Okay, no relationship. John Lee Dumas. He has a um, a podcast called Entrepreneurs on Fire, and he has this journal called the Freedom Journal. And I bought like five or six of them. And it was called Freedom Journal, How to Get Any Goal Accomplished in 100 Days. And I just bought that journal. And my God, like it just helped me. You know, it's like five things you're pre you ever look at the journal. It's okay. just a good journal. That's great. And so that was one of the things that helped me. So, you, so, so she's she's accomplished now five things, and she'll keep buying journals and keep like accomplishing right. things, and keep pretty soon the journals are sold out. But Noel's killing it, so right. you know, so who cares? So, and I appreciate you saying that too. So it sounds like you went from you know, if you look at the trajectory of of how life flowed, working the two jobs, sort of managing your kids, and as you earned more money, got more help for some of the other tasks around the house. Is that That's how right. you were able to yes. continue to? Yes. Do your yes. thing. And especially that part. So as a mom, and I, and I want to be really clear for the moms that I'm talking to, you have to be able to accept help. You know, so obviously I have a nanny in house and she, you know, she's paid, we pay her expenses. But even before that, you know, I think that was one of the things that held me back. Again, I'm telling you my real mistakes. Yeah. People would offer to watch my kids and I would say, no, you know, my mom, can I come get your kids? And my, you know, my mother-in-law, and I would always just felt like, nope, I have to do this myself or, um, I shouldn't accept this help. And there's tons of people that are willing to help, but you really gotta get vulnerable and accept the help. Because now I've bought my mother-in-law a car, bought my mom a car, bought them houses. Like, you, they, they want to do this and then you want to give back. So mm -hmm. think of it that way. Mm -hmm. And with other, was there, was there other delegation of things as, you, as your company built? Yeah, How laundry, did you manage that? And, you, you have to start getting some of those things off the plate. And again, this is another great mentor of mine. Her name is Sandra Yancey, um, E-Women um, e Network. 
she had me do this exercise. You know, she's a millionaire. And by the time she, she was telling, helping me with getting things off your plate, she literally would give us a, pe- a paper plate and you'd write down all the things and then you start taking things off like laundry, cooking, um, you know, doing my daughter's hair. I used to spend hours <laughs> <laughs> doing my daughter's hair, my African-American daughter's like head full of Which hair. Which is like usually to... put to a professional. Like, exactly. that's a professional. She needed to just go to a professional instead of me thinking I had to do my child's hair. I thought that was a thing, you know, and I was less of a mom if I didn't do her hair. And just crazy ideas. We just got to get a lot of that off our plate and be okay with delegating, even if it's just having someone clean your house every other week. That's how I started. Of course, I didn't start with a a full-time nanny and all this other stuff. Just someone coming in to clean the house for me. Then doing the laundry. Again, as I made more money, I delegated more things. It didn't allow me to make more money. (laughs) Sure. Well, and it's interesting because nobody would say, um, you know, no dad would ever think, oh, I'm less of a dad because I don't do my daughter's hair, right? Like, nobody... Nobody says that. Exactly. Exactly. No one says that. And I, I take it further and I tell my moms, no one said it to you either. Yeah. You probably said it to yourself. You said it to yourself. So that's interesting. And I, and I think there's probably, gosh, tons of women who will listen to this and say, that is my uh, joy in life is to do my daughter's hair, right? And so that's that may be her passion. But I'm seeing right. what you're saying. If you're like, ooh, I'm feeling pulled and maybe somebody else could do this and I can have quality time with my child, you know, another time, then maybe we do that. Right. How, how do right. you figure that out and do you sort of jockey for time with the family? So now, here's the incredible part. Now I have all the time that I want to spend with my kids. And in fact, I'm a much different mother to my twins than I were to the older three now that I own my time. And so now I get to be the mom that I want to be and we can go in the pool in the middle of the day or we can go to the library on a Tuesday. You know, all these things that I couldn't do before because the job and the money was getting in the way. Once I kind of started creating um, not just a a business, a business that did not rely on me and a business that created passive income for me, I had time to do and pick and choose the things that I wanted to do with my kids. If I don't like cooking, then I don't cook. But if I love cooking, then that is something I leave on my plate. And that was really what the exercise was about, was about what do you want to leave on your plate and what do you want to take off of your plate and delegate to other people? It's your decision. And there's no fairy coming around telling us what we have to do and what we don't have to do. We're, mm-hmm. we're, we're worthy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a fairy. It, it's, it's us giving the fairy. It's us <laughs> yeah, saying, it's us. you got to do this and this and this. Yeah. Um, I wanted, while I have you here, and because you've just been through so many ups and downs and, and ups and ups with real estate, do you get a sense, like, I'm thinking back to, for example, you mentioned 2008. That was when I got my first little house in Tucson, Arizona. I was working for the CBS station there, and it was like my pride and joy. I mean, that was really the, that was the thing. Like, Jenny has yeah. made it because she bought her house. <laughs> well, as you can imagine, that did not work out incredibly well, buying something in Arizona in 2008. But um, right. I, for my friends that are, you know, decade, decade or so younger, they're not even yeah. thinking about buying a house for themselves no oh my gosh that is jenny this is like the thing because now like the millennial generation okay i just turned 40 so i'm not a millennial but i'm not that old (laughs) (laughs) you know that generation that's kind of younger you know like just the one generation younger they're just not buying houses at the level but part of it is not their fault it's really some systemic type of things that are really stopping millennials you know student loan debt in you know, the, the, the fact that jobs are more mobile and they don't want to just be stuck to this one piece of real estate in this one place um, really has created a situation where less of them are buying homes. 
And I, I think with some of the proposals in the Biden administration with the first time home buyer tax credit and some of the other things that they're proposing, I, I think that is gonna boost it up and incentivize it a little bit more. Interest rates are low, but I, I do think something's going to have to be done. The housing market is very important is very important to our economy. It really is. Yeah, so I'm, I mean, I'm guessing this is what, what you're doing is going yeah. to allow some people who are like, hey, I'm not ready to commit to living in one city for the next however yeah. many years, um, right. but they can kind of in, invest with what you've created. Exactly, or get some rental properties. Like I yeah. said, real estate, no matter if you want to live in the house or not, I say real estate is the, is the number one way to wealth, and it is, it's not a Noel fact, you can look that up. More millionaires have been created so through real estate than any other industry. And then secondly, we're gonna be, there's renters and there's owners. Like, be an owner still. Sure. You can still be the owner and create wealth for yourself. You don't have to live in properties. No one's gonna be living in a phone or a computer though. So it's still <laughs> the thing that you wanna do. <laughs> I don't know, I feel like I live in here. I feel like I live in this phone. <laughs> I mean. I wish I could, live in mine. <laughs> right, I cool. like that's just the whole life. Um, wh I wanna go back, this is probably so, you're, you're sort of like higher level on this, but for people who are just starting out and they're like, yeah, I'd like to get a rental property, but like, how do you manage it? How do you find a management company? How do you like even delve into that? Um, what's yeah. your advice for, for that? You know, somebody just kind of getting started and they, they're not even sure how to manage it. I absolutely love this, Jenny. Seriously, this is why I started teaching it. This is when I realized that, okay, I've got all this money and you know, I'm bored, so I need to teach this. Because like you said, people don't, it's, it's so overwhelming, they don't think that it's, it's, it's doable. And it actually is really easy to have a rental property. Even if you bought your first property, and you said, okay, I'm a first time home buyer, I'm gonna take advantage of all these incentives, and I'm just gonna move into the house for a few months, and then I'll make it a rental property, or live in it a year, and then make it a rental property. That's how we should buy, be buying real estate. Real estate is a commodity. Okay? okay, it is a commodity. Do not buy real estate with this whole, okay, I'm gonna live in it and all of these, in what school district and white picket <laughs> fences. You should be thinking about how, <laughs> you see, you know my point. You should be thinking about, okay, is this going to be going up in value? Is this the area that people are moving in? And then buy the real estate. And, and you should buy, even if it's just one property, you could, that can be your first rental property. And it is very easy to find property management companies and it's very easy to even just get your first property that you're gonna live in. Even if you just do that and you move out of it in six months or a year and you make it into a rental property, you can call almost any real estate company and they have someone that does property management or you can call our company, we do it nationwide. We're New Rez, N-U-U-R-E-Z Incorporated. Noelle, you are my husband. Everything's for sale. <laughs> Everything. This has nothing to do with a school district. I can, I'm trying to put down some roots and I can't. No, <laughs> no, no, I have five kids and I don't put down roots. I'm like, kids, pack your stuff. I was in Dallas, Jenny, you know, I was in Dallas. I still yes. have real estate there. Um, my kids lived in our house. We had moved that and we lived in Denton for like three or four years. I think that was like the longest we stayed anywhere. And we were in Frisco before. And, oh and we actually just got an offer on that house in Denton and I'm selling it. And my kids were like, no. And I'm like, everything's for sale. Oh like, my yeah. gosh. Oh, I know how it is, kids. Call me. We'll like get a sandbox somewhere and you know, you know, put our initials in it. Oh my gosh! Well, it's obviously worked out well for you. I have so enjoyed chatting with you. Your effervescence is contagious. Thank you. Um, Thank you. I'm wondering. I could try to pose this question to everybody who comes on and does a second shot sit down because um, let's let's do a sort of hypothetical. Say I'm doing a book, and I'm going to mm -hmm. give this book to everybody 
who needs a second shot at life, yeah. which is kind of yeah. like all of us. But what, yeah. what's your one line, one piece of advice to infuse into everybody who reads that book? Mm. Dang, this is a good one. <laughs> I have so many. Um, I, I think I'm gonna go easy. Fear okay. is not real. I, I think once we fall down, like I said, we fall down, we get hurt, we feel embarrassed or humiliated or you know our pride is hurt. And so we're afraid of what people might think of us. We're afraid of what people might say. And so we let that kind of guide us and we won't go bold. And we really, when when you're down, you should go bold. You're already down. You already have nothing to, you know, nothing mm -hmm. to lose. Go big. Don't have any fears about this. We got to get rid of all of these fears. It's not real. You're not going to die. No one's going to, you know, it, <laughs> yes. I don't know if it will depend on what you do, but, you know, in real estate and some of these ventures, business ventures, mm -hmm. no one's going to die. And you really got to find out we only have one life on earth. I spent it doing something that I didn't want to do way too long. I was not the mom that I wanted to be for way too long. I wasn't the wife that I wanted to be for way too long. And it was really fear that was holding me back. And when I let go of those fear and I became unapologetically Noel, the world loved me. So that is my message. Just be unapologetically you, no fear, you'll be fine. That's an amazing answer. <laughs> Remarkable. I always put it out there for the book because I'm like, one of these days I'm going to do this book with all these you words are of gonna wisdom. You are going to do it. I'm going to push you. Because they're so good. <laughs> like they're so, they're not my words. They're everybody else's words. And that's what I love to do is interview people and find out, you know, about their wisdom. So, Noelle, thank you from the bottom of my heart. Please give, give us your website, social handles, everything, because I know everybody's going to want to reach out to you after this. Okay, so best website, my website, of course, is noellrandall.com. That's N-O-E-L-L-E, Randall, R-A-N-D-A-L-L.com. On there, you'll find everything that we have to offer, especially the YouTube. My YouTube channel has nearly 300,000 subscribers. It's one of the fastest growing YouTube channels. And I have content that I put out there teaching this stuff absolutely free almost every single day. So YouTube is awesome resource to find and learn these things and get acquainted with Noel. I have Instagram, Noel Randall Coaching. TikTok is Noel Randall Coaching. Uh, Instagram, Noel Randall Coaching. So, but YouTube is where like I am, where I live. <laughs> yes, I've I enjoyed some of your videos to, in my preparation for chatting with you. You got the YouTube pillow. Oh, thank you. They love me. They sent me the flack <laughs> and you know I got the the buttons or whatever. Oh so my gosh, like that's a whole nother episode is how to become a YouTube star. Um, Noelle, thank you. You have been a blast and everybody, you know, you can see these Thursdays on CW33 in Dallas or the new episodes come out every week on every single podcast platform every Thursday and Friday. And you can find us at secondshotpodcast.com. We'll talk to you soon.